On the first day of, of the summer program at Love Creek Elementary School in Lewis late last month, a young student was put on the wrong bus at dismissal. She was dropped by the driver at the wrong stop, and no adult was there to meet her. After a series of harrowing events, the six-year-old girl, Alondra, was spotted walking alone and visibly shaken on Route 1 Coastal Highway by a Good Samaritan who intervened, uh, contact, contacted police, and Alondra was reunited with her family. On today's episode of Highlands Bunker Podcast, we're going to detail this story, the background and the aftermath with Alondra's family. And we are also going to demand that some public tangible action be taken by the Cape Henlopen School District, whose only public statement that I'm aware of as of today, it's uh, Wednesday, 14 July, is from the NBC affiliate WRDE's story online, quote, the district is reviewing all transportation protocols to ensure that something of this nature does not occur in the future, unquote. This is to be charitable, woefully insufficient. So joining me this evening are Alondra's mother and father, Adriana and Victor, as well as her aunt Tanya. Um, I want to thank you all for being here to tell this story, and um, hopefully we can get some level of accountability to ensure safety and peace of mind for all the students and families in your community. So thanks, everyone, for joining. I really appreciate it. So, um, Adriana, before we start um, to get into some of the problems that happened in March, can you just walk us through the routine that's supposed to happen, um, the morning pickup and the after afternoon drop-off? Um, how was that meant to work? Okay. Um, my daughter, um, every morning, is picked up at um, her dad's community, which is the entrance. It's a big crossing. The community is next to Bethany Blues uh, on Route uh, 1. Uh, she is picked up there in the morning and she goes to uh, the daycare in Rehoboth uh, in the afternoon. Yeah, so that's the, the Boys and Girls Club in Rehoboth and uh, like an afternoon yes. program. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. And that, that pick up and drop off routine was, was that the same when she was in kindergarten at Rehoboth Elementary? Yes. So it was, this, it was the same routine. So although this was the first day at Love Creek Elementary um, for the summer program, the Cape Henlopen uh, bus routine was the same as when she was going to kindergarten at, um, at Rehoboth. That's correct, right? Gotcha. Because I, I know that when we talked before, you mentioned um, two incidents uh, from March at Rehoboth Elementary, I think on consecutive days. Can you... Um, tell me what you remember from them and, and, and what happened on those days. Yes, it was March uh, 29. Um, the Boys and Girls Club questioned my son where my daughter was. Um, he mentioned that she went to school in the morning. And um, then they called me uh, asking me if I had picked up Alondra that day, uh, which I, you know, um, I was at work. I left because uh, I didn't know where Alondra was when boys and girls called me that she was not at the, in the bus. I decided to call the school. The school told me that um, Alondra was put in the wrong bus, but she was already on her way to Boys and Girls Club. Uh, that day after I picked up my daughter, she mentioned that she never got on the wrong bus, that she was with the principal at uh, the school in the cafeteria. The next day it happened again, Boys and Girls Club decided not to worry me and not to call me. But when I picked up Alondra, they told me just call the school and make sure this doesn't happen again, which I did. I spoke with the principal and um, he said that there was a miscommunication between the school and the bus and of course the parents. The, they apologize and they say it was never going to happen again, which during the school year, it didn't happen until um, what happened just now or recently. Yeah, so you were getting, just to be clear, you were finding out after the fact, first from uh, the, the folks at the Boys and Girls Club 
and then basically just when you picked her up the next day that she was arriving late there uh, because somehow she's either missing the bus and then being put on a different one, but she's not arriving with everyone else and having to wait with the principal somewhere. And it was just sort of a miscommunication type of thing. Is that how you understood it at the time? Yes. Okay. Yes. But the school, uh, when I talked to them the first day, they lied about Alondra being on the bus, uh, wrong bus, when in fact she never left the school. And that was just not just miscommunication between uh, the parent and the school. So now on the, uh, I guess the incident was the 29th of June or the 28th of June. Okay. So on the 28th of June, let's let's just talk about um, how you came to find out what was going on. And then we can track back in time to sort of tell the story as you as you found it out. So. I guess was it was it Victor who um, who received the uh, a call that this was happening? Yes, uh, they called me while I was at work, like around one fifteen, one twenty. Uh, the state trooper called me, saying that Alanda was with him, and I told him that she was supposed to be at a daycare. And he said that no, uh, somebody found her. And she was with him. So uh, when he called me that, they called me at my work. So I grabbed my cell phone and tried to call um, a friend of mine and my cousin to say they were at the house. But they weren't there. So I just left work like around 125, 130. I left work straight down to, to Lewis to get my daughter. Where where did you where did you pick her up? I picked her up at uh, Lewis Wawa. Okay. Right next to uh, Kitchen and Company. And and the, uh, that's where the trooper was. Right. And what 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 information did you get from the police at that time? And was there anybody else that were the Good Samaritans who sort of flagged all this down? Were they still with her? No, they weren't there. Okay. It was just uh, the trooper and my daughter. Okay. So what information? When I got there, he just told me what happened. Now, at that point, did he just tell you that your daughter was, you know, just, but you, did you understand immediately, like, how she got there? Or was that, like, I, I don't even understand how this happened. No, he just told me that somebody found her walking around Route 1. That's when they called the police and he arrived there. And I was shocked because, I mean, I couldn't come to think my daughter walking around Route 1 on summertime and me thinking that she was a Boys and Girls Club. What did you, what was, what was uh, the interaction you had with your daughter at that time? What did, what did you, what did you ask her? What, what did she say? Well, when I, when I saw her, her face was red because she was scared and it was hot. And she said, um, the trooper said that he bought her a, a bottle of water and some uh, some crackers because she was hungry. When did you, did, did you, I, I guess you made some phone calls. Um, how did you deduce sort of that this was an, an issue with the, with the school and the bus and, and, and basically dropping her off at the wrong stop? Well, uh, when I was on my way, I called the school and then the school said to call the bus. So I called the bus company and they said, I'm sorry that this happened. I don't know what happened. Uh, she said, and then I called back to the school and I spoke with a lady and I told her what happened that they dropped off my daughter at Route 1 by herself with no adult supervision. And they were just apologizing, saying that they were very sorry that this happened, that if she was okay. And I mean, I was, my head was just trying to focus on getting there. Cause I mean, I work in Milford and she was in Lewis. So that's like 20 minutes, 30 minutes drive. Right. So it is, so the, the school district contracts with a bus company or does the school district run the busing? 
Do you, is that clear? Is that a different? Yes, uh, I think they contract the, um, the bus company. Okay. Yeah, they, we, I request information like the bus driver's name or the bus driver's company, and they did not want to give me that information. So how, once um, your daughter is home and safe, um, how does it start to come out sort of what her, her ordeal was? Um, did she sort of explain a little bit about what happened? Did you call the school and sort of piece it together? Um, I just want to kind of find out because, you know, it's such a harrowing thing. And then to sort of find it out, um, you know, from your daughter must have been um, pretty emotional. And, you know, I just want you to tell it sort of the way that you feel. Well, I find out until around 2.25 p.m. That's an hour later after uh, her father um, went to pick her up. He texts me and say, whatever you were thinking this morning uh, happened. It was in Spanish because um, the morning I dropped her off to him, I told him, call the school, make sure um, they send her to Boys and Girls Club and not home because we had the two incidents um, happening in March. At uh, that time, I had already two missed calls uh, from two friends. And to me, it was kind of like weird that these friends called me at work while I was at work because they never do. And then um, while I was taking care of a customer, I decided to call him. And he just say that I'm already with a loan drive. Don't worry about it. She's fine. And I just started, you know, like even though he say, don't worry about it, just the way he was saying it, you know, I was already worried. And then he said, they found a loan drive route one. So I got up from my seat. I, um, I asked another um, co-worker to take care of my customers, went to the office and told my supervisor, I need to leave because my daughter was found on route one. And I was already crying and I was so upset. I didn't know the whole thing by then. And then my phone started like blowing up with phone calls and Instagram messages, Facebook messenger, and even Snapchat from friends. Um, then I call him and he say, uh, there's a picture of Alondra on the Spanish newspaper and they are talking about it on the Spanish radio live. So I decided to call the school to ask what ha happened. Um, the secretary told me, we apologize for uh, the mistake we made by putting her on the wrong bus. Um, I was very angry at that time. And she said, there's nobody that can take your call right now. And I told her, like, I need to speak with somebody right now. Get someone to talk to me. And she transferred me to, uh, I think it was the um, principal of Rehoboth Elementary. I left a voicemail. They, nobody answered. Then around three o'clock, three, yeah, close to four o'clock, uh, the director of um, the school program called me. She apologized. She uh, said uh, it was not going to happen the next day. I was very angry. I answered, I don't know if my daughter is going back. Um, then, uh, Sounded to me that um, the um, principal of Rehoboth Elementary, when she called me like in 30 minutes later, it was almost the same conversation we had with uh, the director of Love Creek and the principal of um, Rehoboth Elementary. Both of them apologized for the, inconven the inconvenience, the mistake. And they assured me the next day it was not going to happen. I was very angry. I was crying. I was at my house. 
I couldn't go uh, because I was crying and I was so angry. I didn't want my daughter to see me like that. So I decided not to go pick her up right away from her father's house. So that's how I find out. I don't remember the drive from work, which is in Georgetown, to my house, which is in Lewis. I was like, I had so many phone calls at that time. I was angry. I couldn't believe that my daughter was uh, walking alone on Route 1. I couldn't picture her doing that. Uh, um, 12, you know, in the afternoon on ni almost 90 degrees weather. Like, it couldn't, like, I, I don't even have the words to describe, like, how I feel other than being super angry at the bus driver. Um, I just even have the words to explain. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. Um, I, I guess the first thing I want to do is just make it clear through your story that, you know, from the time that we find out that she's by herself walking on the road to the time we even find out that it was a bus situation again is many hours and just so everybody's aware, when, and I, I know this will be difficult, you can tell me, or maybe Victor can tell me, or I know Tanya's on, maybe um, she can um, sort of chime in and help. Um, you know, pictures are taken of a, of a little girl with a cop who um, looks like she's just wandering alone, and now it's on the Spanish language, um, you know, radio show, and it's on the Spanish language news website. As just like a little girl who's been left alone. And so hours go by, um, you know, before this is even explained as to how this even happened. And I just want people to sort of sit with that a second and kind of think about what that's like. Because I can tell you that when we sat together last week and... Uh, that photo was shared with me from Facebook, I guess, and some comments were shared with me about, you know, where are this girl's parents, and this is a neglect situation, and, you know, there's hours and hours where, you know, people don't know, and this is not an inconvenience, and it's not a mistake, it's, it's negligence, and it's extremely dangerous, and um, I think that that needs to, people need to sort of sit with that and process that for a minute, um, because I know that uh, yeah, I mean, as the internet does, it jumps to conclusions, and it makes a very, very terrible situation, uh, you know, a, you know, a lot worse. So that evening, um, I, I guess not much more could be done. I know you asked for callbacks. Um, I guess from the Rehoboth principal, um, from the you got a callback, but it was basically the same sort of canned conversation. Um, what happened um, with the, well, before I get to that, um, that night, how was, how was your daughter? How was Alondra, like, that night? What was she able to talk to you about? Like, how did things go immediately after? Because I can imagine this being an um, extremely traumatic experience. Yeah, when she first came home, she said, I'm sorry, Mommy, that I got lost which I replied, you were not lost. You were, um, you were trying to get home, which is my house in Lewis. Uh, you did the right thing. And um, she started playing right away. Uh, I know I, I was talking to my mom about it. My mom was crying and Alondra heard our conversation and she over her ears. She didn't want to hear anything about what ha happened that day. Uh, that night, she wanted to spend the night with my mom. She went uh, with her to her house. Um, the next day, she spent the night with um, her father. And on Thursday night, uh, well, Friday, yeah, Thursday night, she was... Um, crying on her sleep. 
I did not try to wake her up. I just, you know, looked at her and waited for her to wake up, but she did not wake up. On Saturday morning, we were in bed, we were talking and I asked her, how are you doing? Are you okay? How do you feel? And she said, mommy, I had a dream that my daddy was dead, that my brother was dead, that my dog was dead, the you were dead, the grandma, grandpa, and she started mentioning all the people, which is the whole family in her dream were dead and the house burned and that she couldn't stop crying. Um, and she kind of wanted to cry again when she was um, talking about this. And I switched conversation. I told her we were going to go to the pool that day and she got excited and kind of forgot about that dream for a moment. Um, she went to my mom's house in the afternoon and she mentioned exactly the same thing. My mom called me and she said that that night that she spent at her house, she woke up crying saying that mommy is not here, mommy's not here. Uh, and then she went back right to sleep. So Alondra is doing much better now she does have some times where um, she um, remembers what had happened and um, you know, she's just um, a kid that uh, has her moments. Uh, she's a happy little kid and um, you know, she's trying not to remember what had happened. Yeah, and just for folks um, to sort of—I don't know—it was—it it really grabbed me, and it was very poignant and descriptive to me. I, I don't know why. I, I guess maybe I tried to think of myself in the situation, but um, she did remember and convey some information about you know sort of being left off at the front of her father's um, neighborhood, and then thinking, well, maybe I can get to that house. Or maybe somebody will see me like in a neighborhood where I sometimes am. And then, you know, maybe that will get me out of this sort of situation that I'm in. Um, can you, if you can, or, or, you know, whoever feels like they're up to it, sort of talk about some of the experiences she had, for lack of a better word, or some of the things that she intuitively tried to do to, to sort of get herself out of a very dangerous situation? Yeah, the next day... Um... I asked her, I started questioning her. I didn't want to do it on the first day. Right. But the next day I asked her like um, everything. And she mentions and she remembers everything. If you ask her again, she will go in details. She say uh, the bus stop, the bus driver offered her a lunch. She say she uh, didn't like anything there other than juice, so she grabbed a juice. She got out of the bus. She walked from uh, the entrance of the community to her dad's house. Uh, she knocked on the door, she waited there. Um, then she tried to go inside uh, by the garage. Her father leaves the garage like five inches open. She said she couldn't fit because it was too tiny. Then she waited a little longer. She was hungry and she uh, thought maybe my mom is home and there is food at home. So she says she went and uh, started walking by the community pool. There was a lot of people there. I'm thinking nobody saw her there, like walking by herself. She went back to the bus stop and then she started walking on Route 1. And um, she knows where I live. She, her idea was to get home because she was hungry. So she walked from Bethany Blues all the way to uh, Community Bank. The, uh, she crossed Kings Highway and she was on this triangle when people found her and um, Last Sunday, I got together 
with these people and they explain that she was um, trying to cross the other road and she was walking uh, like back and forth. She was nervous, she was scared and she was getting um, off the, the sidewalk. Yeah, not the sidewalk, the triangle. So she stepped on the road and stepped on the this triangle. So she, I guess she didn't know what to do. Like if continue walking or going back to daddy's house, like I'm thinking like she, like, got yeah, I got confused on what to do, like continue walking or just go back to. Um, yeah, like stuck in yes. the, like, like the median, you go, you yeah. go through one lane where it's a turn lane and then you, you're, you're sort of stuck on the median or stuck on the island there. Yeah, she said one car stopped for her to cross and there was another man that stopped there to say hi. Uh, but that's it, like she relates everything, she remembers everything. And um, she saw the police officer the other day, she remembers the police officer too. Like she remembers everything, everything that she went through that day we estimate that from um around 12 30 that was when um the bus dropped her off uh she went to the uh her dad's house she was there for around 20 15 to 20 minutes before she started walking on route one yeah and then Victor wasn't able to get to her from Milford for you know twenty minutes or so. So that's a that's a that's a very dangerous time, and and I think people need to sort of understand that as we proceed. And I guess my next questions for everybody is like, and subsequently now between you know, I guess just about two weeks have passed. Um, what what other information have you been able to get from the school district? Uh, from the police uh, and also uh, well, well we'll just go there because I want to talk about this idea that the bus company is a contracted company uh, and sort of like what information you might have about you know what the protocol is um, for them uh, and then we can kind of talk about you know sort of fall out from that but but yeah what kind of communication have you had with the schools in the school district on um, Tuesday the next day uh, Tanya and I went to the school, um, Love Creek. Uh, we spoke with the director and um, we asked for the information of the bus company and bus driver's name, uh, which she didn't give us. She said they were not able to give us that information. Tanya, do you want to explain exactly what happened? So yes, yeah, so Amanda, the director of the summer program, um, we spoke with her. She, while speaking with her, you know, she looked like she was concerned, but I don't know, like concerned for Londra or concerned for their school district. Either way, like she was listening to us. We were, you know, Adriana was explaining how she felt. She was starting to get upset, but, uh, but getting down to it i just told amanda i was like we understand that you cannot give us details but can you still keep her in the loop as to what's going on um you guys are handling this internally so she should have some kind of information as to to anything something um and amanda assured me that she would definitely call adriana to let her know you know what's what's been going on um i did ask um amanda for the name of the um who i needed to speak with over in transportation she gave me name richard and then gave me the phone number um we were i was going to give him a call um to see you know what information i could get from him but after speaking with amanda once we you know finished that conversation um, Adriana said, let's go to the school district. I said, okay, let's go. 
So we went to the school district. We went in the office. Um, someone came out, asked us who we need, uh, you know, what we needed. And we told her that we needed to speak to, su to the superintendent. And she told us, I believe, I believe that he wasn't there or he was in a meeting. I, I can't really remember, but um, Jenny, the uh, superintendent underneath um, Brian, who is the superintendent, um, came out. She took us into one of, I guess, their offices, uh, one of the conference rooms. And we all sat down and we spoke with her. Adriana expressed how she felt, gave, you know, the details as to everything that happened, what had happened, how this was the third incident, um, how she had had an IEP meeting with um, the staff there and had explained to the staff there that Alondra was supposed to go on the bus to the Boys and Girls Club. They assured Adriana that Alondra was going to be put on the bus to go to the Boys and Girls Club, which obviously did not um, happen. Um, oh, I'm sorry. His name is Robert Fulton, the superintendent. Um, I got that. His name is not Brian. It's Robert Newman. So um, we explained that to Jenny, um, who's speaking with us, that it, this was the third incident, which was the worst one. Um, that Adriana did her part in speaking with the staff there to assure that Alondra was going to get on the right bus, go, going to the right destination, and they assured her that it was going to be taken care of. And so after we spoke with Jenny, you know, um, she again, uh, she also, you know, expressed her concerns. I don't know if it was for Alondra or for the school district. I don't know. Um, but when she spoke, she did say that they had had a, me a meeting that same night the incident happened with some of the staff and their lawyers. Me and Adriana really didn't think nothing of it. Like uh, when she mentioned the lawyers, I don't know if she said that to try to intimidate us or just that's part of the conversation that needs to be told. I don't know. Um, she said that they were going to handle it internally. Uh, she said the same thing Amanda said. They can't give us details, um, but they would take care of it. And we left the, the office that day um, after speaking with her thinking, you know, okay, maybe something's gonna happen. You know, we kind of felt good about it because Jenny, you know, came off as like, she was really concerned, like she was really gonna do something about it. We explained to her that the only thing that Adriana wanted was for the bus driver to be fired because someone that's gonna drop a six-year-old off at a bus stop with no adults around or no other children around um, should definitely not be driving. Yeah, the no, other request was, was to make a statement. Uh, to uh, yeah, taking responsibility yeah. of what they had done to um, Alondra and to apologize to Adriana and um, Victor because we have screenshots of all of the horrible things these people are saying. Because like you said, you know, everyone jumps to conclusions. They don't do their investigation. They don't look into, you know, what's going on. And, you know, there's only so much you can investigate. But I, defending Adriana and Victor, said, you know, my choice of words. And I explained to them what had happened. And people are still, when um, we shared the post um, where Cape Penlopen was um, tagged in it, um, people were sharing it. And of course, people were still commenting when Adriana Victor did the WBOC interview. People are still we have screenshots of people, you know, saying all these horrible things, um, but not doing their investigation. Anyway, going back to where um, we had told Jenny that the least they could do is take responsibility because this is their fault and apologize to Victor and Adriana. That's simple, simple. We, no one wants a lawsuit. No one wants to go to court. We don't want to take it that far. We just want the man to get fired, which we found out he was back on his route the next day, picking up children and dropping them off, hopefully where they're supposed to go. And Adriana was called and was it the next day, Adriana, where they said that they weren't going to make a statement? Yeah, they said on Tuesday. Yeah, they called me. Uh, they told me they were not able to do this statement um, because of the warning that was used on the website. 
uh, because I was cussing. Or the, um, I'm that yeah, on the, on the, yeah, Facebook the, page. No yep, website. The, so let, let me just make this clear. So the situation is unknown for a period of time, even after it's known, um, you know, you're being uh, insulted and, and really slandered uh, for a situation that's not your fault. But because you used poor language in your replies, now that the, so the school district now will not uh, will not take any make any public apology uh, on your behalf for something they've done because of your I guess your because you were upset is that it? Correct, well, exactly. Yeah. Well, as as Erica will tell you, I'm I'm prone, especially uh, on my own podcast, to use a lot of uh, poor language. I'm not going to do that. Um, but I will say that I'm, I think that that's extremely lame. Um, the fact of the matter is that you were put in a position, a very emotional position because of a dangerous situation that they put your daughter in. And so regardless of your reaction, they need to go public and, and, and make that, um, make that apology very clear. That's, I, 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 I want to make sure everybody understands that that's what we all want from them and that's it. Um, now, as far as I do want to talk about this bus situation and the driver, um, because I, I, I'm not, I don't know what, I'm sure there are rules that could be explained to me about the contract between the school district and, you know, XYZ, um, busing company, whatever that is. But I don't understand why someone can have the only adult in a huge bus with a bunch of children in it and you're not even allowed to know the person's name. That's strange to me. Um, I understand why they wouldn't give it to you, I suppose, after the fact because now we're in a, a sort of a sticky situation. But that's not great. And that needs that's going to have to be interrogated because I'm, I'm very, on one hand, and I'll, I'll be honest with you guys and I'll be honest with, with everybody, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always loath to ask for somebody to be fired from their job. Like, it's not something that I, I try to do very often. Um, but this seems like um, this is a no-brainer. I mean, it's just not it's not appropriate, and it's way too dangerous to have um, this going around. And I also understand that some of the other fallout from social media has been stories, uh, similar stories from parents about mishaps, People putting putting on the wrong bus, taken to the wrong place. Um, luckily, I I didn't see anything that was quite as egregious as this, or quite as um, dangerous as this. But can you talk about? I you know I, I know some people will say you know, it's just on social media. That's fine, but I know that that's been passed along to you. Can you talk a little bit about that? The transportation policy. Well, the, not the transportation policy, and then some other some other stories that might have been shared with you about um, other sort of issues with with children and the transportation. But yeah, whatever information you have about the transportation policy, the relationship between the school district and this separate entity, this bus company, and then you know any other sort of um, any other information you have about just kids being transported around Sussex County, really. Okay, um, so there was, um, Adriana did share a post um, where a gentleman, um, I actually saw it, I'm sorry, I saw it myself, a gentleman had posted on one, uh, made a comment on one of the posts that his child had been dropped off at the wrong bus stop, and when he had called to get an explanation, it was apologized, and that they couldn't do anything about it. Um crazy um coincidence i think it was like a week after alondra's incident there was another incident but in seifer school district where an um i don't like to use race but where a white woman um her child was um left on the bus in this heat um and she couldn't get off the bus because the bus driver had locked the door and she was furious she um called the school district and that school district got everyone together they had a meeting every i feel from what she said everything was taken care of within three days everything was taken care of and it seems like from her her post like she was satisfied with the outcome 
so I don't know why this is taking forever, why it's taking so much longer. No, okay, that makes, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Because it would be, uh, again, she's she's satisfied with the response or the outcome, um, but we don't really know, you know, number one, we don't know what happened to the driver or what the situation is with the history of the driver. Uh, you know, number two, it doesn't sound like they, you know, your incident is incredibly unfortunate because, you know, people are taking pictures of this incident and making like wild, ridiculous, absurd accusations. And so now that's also more, you know, sort of distress that you have to deal with and more stress you have to deal with, um, you know, whether it's just on social media or, you know, Spanish language news or whatever. And, and um, so, you know, what, what that person is going to be satisfied with based on the specifics of their situation isn't necessarily what um, is appropriate in this situation. So I think that that, that needs to be, that needs to be said clearly. Um, but it is very, very troubling that, um, you know, more evidence of, of situations like this. I mean, um, even Victor, the, the story that the driver asked if you would just like, he's just going to drop, he or she, I guess, was just going to drop a group of children there, and you were you were supposed to like take care of them. Well, the, we have we're always in the morning in the same spot. Right. They live in the same community where I live in. Yeah. And they were where I was there in the morning, so I think she think that or he think that it can be okay because we're always there. Right. In the same bus stop at the same time. So I think she just, you know what, can I drop them off here? Right. And I said, no, because I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to have that res responsibility for that because I mean, I'm not, I'm yeah. not their family, you know? Oh, absolutely. I just, I find it, all of these sort of, I mean, that's a firsthand account you have, and then we have other accounts all, it's, seem like the, the 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 regulations, which I, again I don't understand. Maybe somebody can tell me that that's appropriate. I, I I don't have kids. I'm not a parent, and and it doesn't seem appropriate to me. Um, I I, I don't think that. Uh, obviously, like as I said, your situation is the most scary. Um, but all of these other reports and and what happened to you, um, I I have to question sort of what how that whole system operates, um. So yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm 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 extremely concerned about it. So on the day that it happened, um some um lady called me through Messenger on Facebook and she said I was a bus driver for fifteen years. Um what this bus driver did to your daughter is not okay. You better go and press charges against the bus driver for negligence. Uh, we as bus drivers cannot leave kids unattended. We cannot let them get out of the bus if there's no adult, especially when they're, you know, kindergarten kids. Uh, and this is from a person that I don't know, uh, that she saw the post on Facebook. And she say, I was a bus driver for 15 years. This is not okay. You know, your daughter shouldn't have uh, experienced that. Okay, this bus driver did not what he was supposed to do. It's not, the, you know, he didn't follow protocols. When um, parents not there to pick up the kid, we have to call the parent. And then if there's no answer, we have to take the kid back to school and then if the parents don't pick up the kids from school i think they're um, taken to the police station and parents have to pick up the kids from police station you know that that was something that came from a bus driver now adriana tried to look up look the policy up um according to cape you know the transportation policy according to cape and I read it and it doesn't really give too much of uh, like details as to how things are supposed to be done. But I know like back in the day when my kids went to school, it was the same thing. Like Adriana said, kindergarten. Now, first graders and up, they, they are 
supposedly allowed to be dropped off with without an, uh, an adult there. But preschoolers and kindergartners, if there's no adult there, they need to be taken back to the school. I worked in a Head Start program for 14 years, and I know that's not the same as a school district, but still, the bus drivers, I was a bus aide. If the parent was not there, we took the kid back to the center, and someone, and there was our family service worker was there waiting for us to come back just in case we had kids. It was six, seven o'clock at night, but there was still a supervisor there where if a parent needed to speak to someone, they spoke to someone. Yeah. yeah I'm extremely concerned about, you know, the way that everyone seems to shirk responsibility. Like, it's 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 very telling that you know in the folks that you've spoken with um, both at the schools uh, and at the school district that you know not only will they not apologize officially um, they won't give you information about like what as you said it's very vague what the situation is I mean people can contact you over social media and give you some information sort of anecdotally because they were a driver Tanya you have experience doing it but. Why aren't they giving? They they should be the ones giving this um, this this information. So it, that's that's very concerning and and, and actually quite suspicious uh, to me. Um, I want to turn to Erica um, Gutierrez, who's on with us. I know um, she is an education advocate and a community organizer. Who you guys all know when you listen to the show um, how uh, the relationship we have, but. Can you talk a little bit about um, some general stuff you may know just with working with the schools, the school boards, and, and some of these community issues uh, about, like, what's going on here? Well, um, Rob, this is very upsetting. This is it, it is becoming for, for, for communities as a personal offense because um, as 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 the, the parents and um, Tanya, the sister, have shared, there is a great disregard about the importance and value of what is being said here. And it happens to many families. It's not the only families. In this case, it was caught up. And um, yes, I've been sharing with uh, some school board members, and I've been sharing with other people, and everybody's kind of like in blanks when they hear about the response from the school and the way parents are being treated. And I wanna say this, um, the best way of schools to show that they care and won't be, um, and, and really want to, to be cultural competent, sensitive and responsible is to address incidents like this um, that make the school and the administrators look careless and really bad. Schools are getting great amount of money from this very recent um, so please stop neglecting, neglecting immigrant families and, and keep a culture of disregard for them and their students. We're listening. Advocates, community members, and parents, we are more aware of the things that are happening now. And uh, by logic, uh, we know that this is wrong. To disregard things like this and, and the voice of the parents and, and, and look at the parents frustration and, and upsetness and, and not really respond the, the right way, the American way, the human way, is, is not acceptable. We require accountability, care, responses, and schools that love their students. Um, when families um, come to people like me, I'm sorry, but we can't ignore them. We are going to help them, connect them, and get the support that they need to reach the voices and the spaces that they need to. Because guess what? Their kids are everybody's kids. And you know, what are kids learning in those schools? Um, who are they being addressed in, in, in different ways? That's that's why we start thinking about everyone. I mean, I respect, I know there is a lot of confusion and so many things to handle by school uh, administrators and, and staff, but things like this are not acceptable. I, I am a mother. Just to think that my kids are experiencing something like that, it, it gets me really on tears and, and disappointment. But you know, like there are ways to understand um, clear explanations 
and promises that things are going to be fixed. But actually seeing changes is what make people like me to say, all right, I accept honest mistakes, but no reason, no explanation, no accountability. Um, it's, it's, it's a lack of respect. So schools are not what they, what families deserve in this regard. So yes, um, school board members are really looking into what to do um, saying, you know, of course there must be accountability. Um, and we are gonna seek that help for, for Adriana, for Victor, uh, for little Alondra because it's their lives. I, I just think about Alondra's, um, I, I, I relate to, to, to situations like this in my childhood. And I remember how frightened I was when I got lost one time and I didn't know what to do. I wanted to die of fear. I cannot imagine what it was for little Londra to be on the street in the middle of cars and unknown people. Um, it's just not, it's just something that no parent want to really think about. So I, I appeal to every parent listening, every educator listening and every administrator listening to every <laughs> official that is listening to fix that not just for Alondra, but for all the kids in the state. We need to be more accountable. We need to make sure that people are properly trained, um, that people are properly, um, not just trained, but also selected, because this is a matter of community trust and safety. So let's show that we care. Let's show that everybody that is, um, you know, propagating this idea of inclusive inclusiveness and Support for families, especially immigrant families, is real. Show it, show the money. Change the structures and the systems that have been neglecting these families for so long already. That can keep happening. So um, yes, with much love and respect for, for all the parents that are listening and, and experience this or have experienced this before and, and nothing has been done. And they've been trying to, you know, being quiet, silence them and thinking that they are not going to say anything. Not this time. This is not the case. So we are here. We're supporting the family and we're going to be with them until this is resolved. And that is going to show that there is a different attitude and that we are really for change statewide, not just in the paper, not just publicly with a post or a picture about schools. No, it has to be real. And the way that it can be real is really modifying the system that has there are failings and the school bus system seems that need to be addressed that's what i could say thanks rob uh you're you're, you're absolutely welcome erica and um and as usual um i couldn't have said it better myself i mean that's 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 what it is I, you know ultimately you know, people need to be respected. They need to be told the whole truth, and people need to be taken uh, take responsibility for things. And um, you know, as as Erica said, and I'll touch on it. You know, and when we when we finish up, I have one more sort of topic I want to hit. But yeah, this is not going to go away. You know, I, I I very much appreciate some of the news, uh, sort of the the mainstream uh, press, sort of at, at least reporting. You know the situation as it is that's very that that's you know i'm glad that that happened so that's that's good um but the the school district and the busing company need to take responsibility uh just out of simple respect uh and and that's not it and, and we're going to follow through until until that's done 100 percent. that's true um just the last topic i kind of want to talk about because you know, it just adds frustration. I think sometimes, you know, the reaction that you get from the school district and the busing company and these folks is sort of uh, a symbiotic relationship with the police uh, and their sort of their indifference to the situation adds to a lot of frustration. Um, what has what has your interaction been with um, with the police and, and with Troop 7 there? as they've been sort of involved in this? Yeah, there, this bus driver called me. I um, I called Tanya and I say, can you please come with me? Because I might need your help with translation. Your English is better than mine. And I just need support and help. Uh, so she canceled her appointment. She had an appointment 
with her uh, daughter's therapist. Um, she came to help me. We went to Lewis um, Police Station. Um, the door was closed. Uh, Tanya called. There was a phone number on the door. And they told us they were not able to help us because um, Troop 7 uh, State Police was uh, the one who handled um, the incident. And um, we needed to get in contact with them. Which so, is Trooper, Trooper Aberman. Yes. So Tanya, can you explain better, please? Sure. Yeah. So um, I called... I, I I kept calling back the same phone number. Um, dispatcher Dispatcher Ober, which is a female, I we spoke with her. Um, I want to say two or three times, and the last time, um, she just was obviously not caring. Um, had a tone and just said that we need to speak with um, Trooper Aberman since he's the one who is um, handling the. He's the one that showed up at the scene. He's the one who's handling everything, the investigation. So um, I called back. I left a message um, on his voicemail. And we waited because um, we were told by the, the dispatcher that he would be there um, the next morning at 6 o'clock. It was about um, 10. It was after 10 o'clock, and I still, we still hadn't heard from Trooper Aberman. So we have um, police officer friends that we were, we were speaking with and um, the night before and the day uh, that morning as well. Um, they were telling us, you know, giving us advice, what we needed to do off the record, giving us advice as to what we needed to do and how we needed to keep pressing um, this uh, situation so that they wouldn't let it go. So I caught, we called back at 1044 on June 29th and I spoke with um, Officer Salvatore um, he answered the phone. I asked to speak with um, Trooper Aberman. Um, Trooper Aberman, Salvatore said that Aberman was out on a call and um, he could send me to the voicemail. I said, okay. So went to the voicemail. I left a message. I called back again. Salvatore answered again. And I said, I need to speak with the captain. And he's like, he asked me why. I said, because I need to speak to someone in charge because Trooper Aberman, it's been so many hours. He still has not called us back. I don't know when he's going to call us back and we need answers. Um, Salvatore said that um, what he could do was have me talk with um, Aberman's supervisor, which is Sergeant Cordry, um, because he didn't want to step over any toes and he didn't want to um, cause any problems, I'm guessing, within the, the troop there. So I said, that's fine. Uh, I told Sergeant Cordry everything that happened and he said that he would give me a call back. Um, he was going to look into it and give us a call back. He called us back, um, I don't know, what, like 30, 45 minutes later, an hour? An hour. An hour. Um, so Sergeant Cordry called me back and assured us that there was nothing we could do. So I asked him, so the bus driver was negligent and reckless and I am not. we are not allowed to press charges. He said no, that we could not press charges because the school was taking care of it internally. So we got nowhere there, nowhere. And I just hung up. We just hung up. I, I tell you that you're the, the the frustrating aspect of this is also uh, quite acute, if you know what I mean. It's like it's one of those situations where, I mean, what does it mean that the school's handling it internally? If they if 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 a if they've been negligent with your, you know, they have charge of children, and if they're negligent, what can the school do? It's already done. The action's done. Like, I, it doesn't. All, all of this is extremely suspicious. Um, no, but, and and then I feel like obviously, you know, we're not stupid. We understand how politics work and how everything works. And the Cape and Lopen is, you know, they have money, so of course, you know, they're they don't want anything to go bad. And so that's why I get why Sergeant Cordry said that we couldn't press charges. But either way, we wanted to press charges and they were not letting us. Yeah, I think um, going back to sort of what Adriana said and, and what Erica said, this could all be this could all be handled if people would take responsibility and, and, and be you know, accountable for the things that they should be accountable for and showed people some respect. Um 
you know, I think a lot of some people might think that this is a, um, you know, a more drastic step. I don't. Um, I think that there needs to be, uh, you know, there needs to be some accounting for, um, for, for what's happened. Um, I think, uh, I hope that um, you telling your story uh, tonight and, and everybody understanding the gravity of it uh, and this, uh, will prompt people to examine this situation and make sure that there are changes and, and clear clearer guidelines and clearer communication because this is an absolutely unacceptable situation in every way um, that I can think of. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the last word um, to my friend and comrade uh, Erica Gutierrez um, to to wrap up uh, because I know that she'll she'll say she'll say it better than I could possibly do. So Erica, send us out. Thanks, Rob. Well, this is not my voice. This is um, the people of uh, the, the voice of advocates, people like Rob, like Maria, other people that are involved in this too and ready to support this family, which means all families. Um, I know that there are many good legislators that are going to be listening to this. And, and, and as um, Adriana said, we need you and we want you to pay attention and figure out what it needs to be done. Um, so this is not repeated. And my most important point is um, for Adriana, um, Tanya, as your sister, and, and Victor, I, I, I just feel so grateful for you for speaking up, for being vocal, for writing about this, um, because that's, that's the way that we see what happened. That's the way that we find out how our community feels. Um, we don't have reach to a lot of parents if they don't speak. And it's very important that everybody listens to this. You have power. All parents have power. All our community members, aunts, sisters, brothers, cousins, grandparents, everybody has the power to speak and to be heard and to unite. So what you have done today has brought people together that are willing to go to the extent that is needed. So we figure this out. Um, families and kids are respected and listened to. So don't give away that, that power. And anybody listening, please start paying attention to what happens to you and what you can do. You have rights. You have opportunities to make a difference like this family in many other areas. Don't let um, yourself and, and our communities to be oppressed because nobody listens to you. Speak up. Reach out to people that can help you, that can bring to the public what is happening to you, your family. This is not going to happen again. This shouldn't happen again. And the only way that we can ensure that something is done is by us addressing it. I know it might be a burden for some people and say, I don't really want to get involved. They're never going to do anything. But you know what? If we don't do anything, what is going to be done? Nothing. So yes, it might be a burden, but just think about this. What happens to you, regardless of what it is in education, in life, in housing, anywhere, it's happening to a lot of families. So you have the power to use your voice to represent everyone. Like in this case, Alondra represents many kids. And Adriana, Victor, and Tanya represent many family members and parents that don't speak up and don't get the help that they need. So you have power to change things if you speak up and reach out to people like me, like Rob and other advocates that are willing to help you. You're very loved and supported. Um, but all the people that care, including legislators, listen to this and many other people that we don't ever know. So thank you so much for speaking up. We want more of this. We want more people saying what's happening because that's the only way we're going to bring a culture of cultural community, um, unity, love and respect for each other by addressing the issues and healing, making people accountable in a positive way, not hiding, not stopping, not silencing anybody. We have to address our problems and say, yes, we have a bad system, we have bad administrators, or we have bad coordinators, whatever it is, we're going to make better and we are going to do this to make sure that this doesn't happen. And guess what? Your community is going to be there. People are going to be there to support and understand, but you have to show that you care. So thank you very much, Rob. I appreciate you always giving a space and voice for the unheard. It's real. 
but it's real, not a picture, not something that happens in the books, but the reality, this is our history and it's right in front of us. So all the rest, <laughs> the, 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 the shortened story of our world, the white supremacy culture, uh, the fight against it is right in front of us. So what are we gonna do? Who are we gonna show this family that white supremacy, that the white supremacy culture is, is not an issue for schools and it's not being used to oppress them and oppress kids' rights. Thank you. Well, everyone, um, that's that. Um, we're gonna keep at this. And I think what Erica said is exactly right. It takes a lot of courage, but it takes everybody. Um, so we have to look at it like that and we have to do it for the community. And we have to just understand that this is a, this is one situation, one issue. Um, but it can bring people together and it can actually build solidarity that way as we take care of each other and not just ignore each other and, uh, you know, ignore the problems and, and ignore all of this. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you once again, everyone, for, for telling this story. And um, we'll speak to you soon. Left is best. <laughs> <laughs>